welcome to Almighty Pod. We are back for our episode number four, and I'm joined as I am every episode by Mr. Christopher Wright. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. And I'm also joined again by Sam Taylor. How are you? Are you well? <laughs> You've got to stop asking me when I ask how you are. <laughs> if I'm well, you meant to just say yes or no and then I'm ask. sorry, sorry. I'm well, thank how you. Are you well? You're well. I am well. <laughs> yes, I'm well, thank you. <laughs> Uh, just to get the boring stuff out of the way, uh, you can find us on Twitter at almighty underscore pod and facebook.com slash almighty pod. You can also email us if you've got anything you want to say um, at almightypodmail at gmail.com. Cool. So that's all out of the way. Uh, we are now into lockdown week number three, four, something like that. Four. Must be four. Four. We've done four. three. Feels like four. Done three. It's now four. Beginning of okay. week four. You two are still living together. Living the dream. No, we've not had a divorce yet. What are you? What have you been up to this week? How are your weeks going? What together or just individually? Well, if anything significant's happened together <laughs> or individually, Don't, oh, we had we had fun making tea this night with we had mystery a lovely packets. Time. We had a lovely time making tea. We've been emptying the freezer. This is exciting beginning to the podcast. We're emptying the freezer, <laughs> um, so we thought that we thought that there was a chili con carne. Yeah. After eating it, we're not so sure it was a chili con no. carne. We it, we it could be. It could have been. Um, like a vegetable soup, pre-blended. Was this homemade or was it like homemade? Homemade, or? homemade, homemade. Okay. So, um, but so we had two packets. Um, first one we weren't sure. The second one made us even more unsure about the first because the second one was definitely chili con carne. Uh, so we think we had a mixture of chili con carne and vegetable soup. It was a good day. Yeah. So we just chucked some. Did one of you have one and one have the other, or was it all? No, mixed? It was all mixed. All mixed. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, some kidney beans started appearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit concerning when you look down into a pan, and all of a sudden, there's little black flighty things. So Chili yeah. con vegetable soup. It's all right, though. We had it in wraps. It was, in the end. It was decent. Yeah, it was all right. It was good. Uh, what else have we done? Um, you played. You've you've played some FIFA. Yeah, well, yeah. Chris, tell me what you told me before. <laughs> I asked you before we started recording how you've been. Just tell me. <laughs> using well, similar you s- words. What well, you said? said you said that you've been rather not very not proactive in anything. Yeah. You've not really done much. And I said, I've got to the point where I can't even be bothered to play FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, li- I've there's been times when I've literally just stared into space on a chair. And you've you've I've been got reading, that board though. that you've even started Yeah, reading. that board I've even started reading. Uh, but I've got a good book, so it's all right. Are you going to tell us about your new hobby as well? My new hobby? Well, I was thinking, I think, I've run out of party tricks. You know when like, you've, everyone's got a party trick to pull out? Yep. So I thought, I'd, I I watched a YouTube video about funny party tricks, and I quite liked the one where a guy held his breath for four minutes. <laughs> so I've been training myself <laughs> to hold my breath. <laughs> I started off on 55 seconds after a f- I downloaded an app, a breath, um, hold your breath. App. As if there's an app for that. Yeah. As What's, if there's an app what for is that. It? It's just a timer. <laughs> no, no. What is the app? No, because it gives you like... Um, if you black out and don't do it after a few minutes, it calls 999 automatically. No, it gives you like um, training strategies. So Training? Like, yeah, so basically... You don't just do it. No, you hold your breath for 30 seconds and then you breathe for one minute and then you do that repeatedly about 15 times and then it's not a very good party trick if you have to do this every time for 15 minutes no 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 no. this is just building up your body's um ability to hold more co2 for a longer period of time 
Ah, okay. So it's there are some health benefits, but there are lots of bad ones if you do it wrong, like death. <laughs> 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 no, it's impossible to hold your breath to the point where you die, though. I'm a bit worried I'm going to come home from work one day and find Chris just... <laughs> On the floor in the living room, unconscious. No, so I'm now, I'm now up Map's still, uh, app's still going on. <laughs> app's still going. I'm now up to two minutes, so I can hold my breath for two minutes. But apparently that's should not we, very impressive. Should me and Tom have a chat while you hold your breath for two minutes and we'll see Yeah, that's, a, that's doing <laughs> <laughs> No, because I'll just cheat and hold my breath for five. Um, I could, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make a video one day of me holding my breath. It get, it's right. not very pretty in the last 20 seconds. How do you like... Hold your nose to prove that you're not breathing through your nose, or yeah, okay, yeah. Good. But the last twenty seconds isn't very pretty because you start like shaking, <laughs> like your chest starts like <laughs> going. Like. We need this video then. We'll get that out soon. Your chest is like, give me some air. It, it's a bit. Um, it's it's all right. I reckon when I'm at four minutes, I'll have achieved my goal. Perfect. Wow. Then what? Then what do you do? <laughs> Then I'll have like breath holding competitions with people. Great. There must be like Perfect. a breath holding championship. Maybe. I'm going to search breath holding championship. Do you reckon there's a podcast? What? Bre- <laughs> <laughs> Bit boring. <laughs> it's, it's nothing for about three minutes. And all of a sudden you just start hearing <laughs> wheezing. <laughs> Sam, have you done anything else interesting, significant this week? You're still going to work, aren't you? So. Still going to work. I've been a bit miserable this week. I've had, I've had enough of this lockdown situation. Mm. I've had enough of just going to work to Morrison's and then home again. I'd like to go somewhere a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I've been a bit grumpy this week. Grumpy week this week. That's yeah. okay. We all have grumpy moments. We we have all been grumpy this week because um, it should be this conference called ECG conference that us three and other friends and people from church go to every year. Um, it's a conference that our church, some people from our church helped to run, uh, based in Scarborough called ECD stands for what? Equipping, calling, going, something like that. Very good. So lo- lots of um, Christians and Methodists specifically from around the country gather in Scarborough in one of the worst hotels <laughs> I've ever been to, which will remain, name- which it's, will it's, remain nameless. It's so bad that you love it. At the same time, it's true. It's like, like it's like that horrible cousin you've got. Do you want me to tell you about my horrible cousin? <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, Chris. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Drop myself in it there. Which one is it? Can't tell. Is it Joel? Could be. It's pretty obvious. It's Joel. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you were, if you Google Scarborough, you will undoubtedly see this majestic building that looks like it's one of the nicest places you could stay in the world from the outside and then you you go in and <laughs> the food and the rooms and everything about it oh the food is so bad to, to summarize this, the food at this place i'll never forget when me and tom were having dinner one night and tom said oh this uh, chicken's lovely and I went, that's because it's fish <laughs> <laughs> he was eating fish and he thought it was chicken that's how it, bad honestly, the food is you had a room once didn't you where you had a window that you couldn't open because there was a brick wall next to it. <laughs> <laughs> the curtains were open, but you couldn't tell. It was it was bad. There's always the moment of dread when you walk into your room for the first time. Is it, am, yep. I, am I going to have a shower or a bath? Am I going to be able to wash myself at all this week? What is the situation mm-hmm. going to be? You're never quite sure. Well, no, no, it's not even that. It's am I going to have a window for <laughs> yeah. me now? Am I going to get a window? 
ECG was where I met you, pair for the first time ever. That was the first ever True. time. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was. Six first years time. ago? Seven years ago? Might have been seven. How time flies. Remember. How time flies. But the, the conference doesn't actually take place in the really nice hotel. It takes place a few hundred meters just down the coastline at the Scarborough Spa Centre. Um, we've done a loads of different things from helping run the youth and Sam, you've led worship and we've done social media and loads of different random stuff. Um, but one thing that does happen every year is that the prank game is always really strong. <laughs> Particularly between, there's a guy called James Adams who, if, I doubt James is listening, but someone once described James to me as, how could someone be so inspirational but such a massive idiot at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite an apt way. There's no in between, is there, with James? No, no, it's just one or the other. Um, but during this week, he's usually more towards the idiot side. And uh, between all of us, we've had some good, strong pranks that have taken place. Chris, do you want to start off explaining? <laughs> well, to, to be honest, I feel it, got, it was getting to the point where it was just, I was getting to the middle-aged man stage of just being frustrated by pranks and not impressed. Um, mainly because James's pranks slowly turned into not funny, just an inconvenience to every single person in the whole centre. So, um, but I think one of my favourite pranks was um, I stole James's shoes, and he and he only took and the reason I took his shoes because he only took one pair of shoes um, to this week away, which I thought was a little bit strange. <laughs> and he was the host two. on the main stage. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a host on the main stage, and he's the only pair of shoes he's taken are these dodgy Adidas things. And we'd stolen them, and he was now barefoot. He had no other shoes. So after a couple of days of having no shoes and having to go around asking people to borrow their <laughs> shoes, um, we decided to give him back. So I was having breakfast one day with the person leading the Bible study, Paul Smith. Um, Paul Smith seems like a very serious man, but actually he's not very serious. He's quite funny. I explained to Paul. Well, Paul asked me why James had no shoes on because James had introduced Paul every morning. I told Paul, I said, I'm going to give it him back, but I don't really know how. So we decided um, that me and Paul were going to work together. Um, I ha- I hung the shoes off the balcony and they were there for the whole morning. James hadn't clocked down. He hadn't seen him and he didn't see them until Paul Smith, as he's just about to start telling 800 people about Jesus, um, that James's shoe was actually hanging from the balcony. So James, <laughs> um, uh, James got his shoe back. But from then on, it started a war, all-out war, and it and ended pretty badly. And that was when it kind of became public as well, because that was when all eight or 900 people all turned around at the same time to see these shoes and the pranks became visible. <laughs> Many of them just kind of stayed between us while we were in the hotel doing it. So some of the ones that happened that preceded that one, um, taking bowls of custard from the restaurant <laughs> and lining James's pillow, <laughs> like memory foam. Uh, we did get told off for that one. We also, this was a good one. We, <laughs> Chris, while you were asleep one night, you were sharing a room with Adam. And Adam's one of the nicest guys ever. I did feel quite sorry for him after this. But <laughs> we somehow, me and James were staying in the same room and we blackmailed Adam to let him into your room while you were asleep. <laughs> How did you blackmail him? I, don't, I probably just asked him, is that nice? <laughs> Adam, we probably won't door, do anything. Please. We won't do anything to you, Adam, but uh, can you let us, uh, Chris... So we, we open the door. Chris, you're lying there, snoring as you do, horrendously, shirtless. So we walk in with like the Lynx ice shower gel. So not even like a normal Africa, like it was the one that stings when you when you wear it. <laughs> Chris is lying there on his back. So we quick, like really quickly, 
peel the duvet back, squirt this ice shower gel all over his stomach. Gosh. Chris half wakes up and goes, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Turns over into the shower gel. <laughs> so goes all over his sheet and his stomach. <laughs> Me and uh, James peg it back to our room. We thought, oh, it was amazing. We were laughing loads. And then we get a phone call about three minutes later from a really sad sounding Adam going... <laughs> <laughs> Boys, will you come and apologise to Chris, please? He's uh, locked me out the room. <laughs> <laughs> Two in the morning, it's pyjamas. <laughs> Just standing in this massive uh, oh, wow. corridor. And he's had nothing to do with it. <laughs> We so just we show some appreciation up, for the Tom's Geordie accent there as well. That was, that was very impressive. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. We knocked on the door. <laughs> Half apologised to Chris in a not very serious way, and then Adam got his night's sleep. Bless him. I think Adam's got back in bed with the but shower gel. The thing gel. is, we came to see you in the morning, and you hadn't got rid of it. You, you did. You just <laughs> got back in bed. The whole room stunk. <laughs> I just got I straight in the it. shower. Didn't need anything. Didn't need any soap. Efficiency. Things did also kick off a bit more last year to the extent where I probably can't explain one of the things I did, but then James responded to that by uh, getting me back and taking all of my possessions and boxer shorts out of my bag and then sticking my boxers under the seats in the restaurant, which had about 100, 200 seats, and in the venue itself, which had about 800 seats. So I'm there crawling around where people are having the tea, asking if I can look under the chairs because I think my boxers are stuck (laughs) underneath. Just like, excuse me, sir, I think my uh, boxers are stuck to your seat. Come on, if I have a look. But pranks, it got out of hand in the end. But because it's not happened this year, because it's been cancelled next year, I think the prank war will be off the scale. I think there'll be deaths. <laughs> uh, so that's why we're all sad this week, because ECG has inevitably been cancelled because of the COVID-19 stuff. Um, so we're hoping that next year we'll be back on as normal, the pranks can resume, and we'll have more stories to share. Uh, Chris, do you want to give us an update on... All things COVID-19 and anything else that's going on in the news? All things news. Um, I have given up on Westworld. I haven't. I haven't given up on Westworld. No, no. I think we. I think collectively, as a household, we've moved on a little bit. It's too much hard work. So I'll watch it on my own. I'll watch it on my own. Where did you make time. it to? First episode of season two. I'll watch it on my own in my own time. Oh, come on. But we've decided to move on to the newsroom instead. Is that the one with the uh, guy from Dumber and Dumber? Yes. What's his name? Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, I like him. So I watched the first episode last night and it blew me away. It's very good. Very excellent. It proper blew me away and I was like, I'm watching all of this. So I watched three more episodes and I went to bed. Um, But that's inspired me to do a better job of the news from now on. Um, Now, Unfortunately, there isn't much news to talk about still because it's still COVID-19 related. Uh, we have been extended for a further three weeks, boys. Indeed. We are in lockdown for a further three weeks, which they hinted at quite a few times. It'll just be extended again. So I think we're in for this for the long haul. Um, numbers of cases and deaths are starting to level. So we're not seeing big increases anymore. It's starting to level. Um, they're not, they've not said we're past the peak yet, but that's what their thoughts are. So I think we're heading in the right direction. Other countries have started to see large declines. Countries that are a few weeks ahead of us. Um, they've already started thinking about what lockdown no longer looks like, how we get back to normal. Um, but we're not in that stage yet. Um, but 
a lot of what's been going on at the moment is we're heavily looking at social media for any sort of information now. And we've seen a really strange trend of people getting really obsessed with news stories, which make no sense whatsoever, to the point where those news stories are really obviously fake news. Uh, with the biggest one this week being the whole 5G conspiracy. So, mm. the 5G conspiracy. Now, Eamon Holmes probably didn't help the situation the other day, on this morning. Um, but 5G conspiracies are people thinking that COVID-19 is because of 5G. Wow. I'd love to know who invented that. I, I don't <laughs> someone, know. I somewhere must have come up with this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. So it got to the point where someone asked um, a really high-up medical expert about the whole conspiracy, and they asked them this question. Can I catch COVID-19 from a 5G telephone mast? To which that person replied, yes. To which everyone was a bit shocked, but he went on to say, Yes, if someone with COVID-19 went up to the mast, licked the mast, then you went up to that mast and licked that mast, then you could possibly catch COVID-19 from a 5G mast. So it's all been a bit ridiculous. Um, but that's what we're thinking about. Donald Trump has decided he's no longer going to fund the World Health Organization. What is that about? Well, he's, he's basically said they haven't been truthful regarding certain information in China and other countries like that, which has meant that countries in the West have struggled to cope with it. So he's decided to stop funding. Um, Donald Trump goes on about fake news and then usually listens to fake news himself if it suits him, um, which is basically what fake news is. People picking facts that suit their own agenda and then acting on them, making them into something bigger than they are. And we end up in situations like we have done. Um, so that is the news. Um, but there's so much fake news stories going around. And some people are just silly enough to share them. And they read the headline. Because it's got the picture of BBC next to it, they think it's true. Share it, start spreading it. Other people start spreading it. And we end up with people burning down 5G telephone masts. Mm -hmm. I read one. One of my friends is terrible for sharing him on Facebook. And he shared one that was like, more people are dying because of Boris Johnson than ever. And then you click on it and the date's from like 18 months ago. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm not as bad for reading fake news. I just get really annoyed by the clickbait that's out there. So... Things with like a really shocking headline and then you click on it and it just turns out to be nothing or it's completely ridiculous. Um, and there's two in particular that I read fairly recently that I thought were quite funny just in how annoying they were. So one of them was um, how David Beckham's Inter Miami team could line up in 2020. So this is David Beckham's brand new football team. They've never played a game before. They've not even got, or they didn't have a single player at this point. And the, the team is Joe Hart, Valencia, PK, Busquets, Moreno, De Rossi, Rooney, Messi, Ronaldo, Falcao, and Luis Suarez. <laughs> Best footballers to have lived wow, in the past 20 years. And then it, gives, years. it goes on to give a little bit of an explanation about each player. And it's just basically, they could buy this player. This player is going to go to Argentina at the end of his career. So why wouldn't he stop in Miami on the way through? <laughs> like, no basis, no factual information at all. Just stuff to get you to click on it to, to draw in the numbers and raise the stats. I feel like they did all right with that defence. That defence sounds fairly reasonable. But as soon as they got to the midfield and attack, they just got a bit overexcited. Mm -hmm. There's another one where it was on another English newspaper that's not very good. Uh, Paul Scholes' shocking theory onto Paul Pogba's absence. And then you read about six paragraphs down and it just says, yeah, he's probably injured. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's frustrating because whenever you read anything, whenever you watch anything, you're always now thinking about whether this is reliable and whether it's reasonable. And I don't know why it's suddenly become a thing. This has been around for years and years and years of people um, exaggerating certain stories to make you want to read it, to want to watch it. I mean, the newsroom is whole. Is the whole concept of the TV show is based around a, a news company who's had a change in management, a change in production team, blah 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 blah, and they've now decided that they're no longer going to fuel the whole media of false news of. Um, only been focused on figures and they've now decided that they're just going to report the news and do it well and do it properly and there's loads of uh, controversy around it there's people in the on the board of the news company who are kicking off because their ratings are going down slightly but actually they're trying to do the news responsibly and properly and it's getting to the point now where um we don't know what is responsible we don't know what is proper because of people sharing anything that suits their own personal opinion um, like you've got the big campaign now about people boycotting the BBC because they say that the BBC is now just wholly suited to looking after the government. Well, that's not the case whatsoever. And you end up with a situation in America where the news is just funded by four or five people who have ridiculous amounts of money who try and manipulate it to suit their own agenda. So we're at a bit of a standstill at the moment. We're at crossroads about where the country goes with it. And I just hope it goes in the right direction, about being responsible and not going the other way and just circulating fake news, news which is just there for clickbait. Yeah, and we've got to be careful where we draw our opinions from as well because it'd be really easy to have that, which I guess we all do to an extent, but to have that selective bias where we read what we want to read and then that's what we end up believing and it just takes us further one way or the other. I think that's always been the case, though. Like, in my family, there's newspapers that are are acceptable to read and newspapers that aren't, and they're newspapers that people in my family have read since they were born, and that's where they've got their news from always. Um, uh, And so I think think in some ways it's the same now. Like, we have news websites that we choose to go to. We have particular people's Twitter or whatever that we would choose to, like, be influenced by. Um, So part of the... I, I think part of the responsibility is on the, like, big publishing companies and media outlets to to be sharing the news properly but there's also got to be like we've got to take a bit of responsibility ourselves as well i think for making sure we aren't just being fed by the same thing all the time that we're getting a range of like responsible sources i think yeah and i think what has kind of um highlighted this now um is the fact that social media we follow people who have similar agendas to us the reason we're friends with certain people outside of social media is because we have similar interests, it's because we get on, um, all that kind of stuff. So we surround ourselves with people on social media with those similar interests, political interests, um, interests in how society should work, all that kind of stuff. So I think what in the last election, for example, uh, quite a few Labour supporters really struggled with how much they lost by because uh, it was a massive drop. And leading up to the election they, on social media, there's a real buzz. But actually, if you only follow other Labour supporters, you are going to feel that real buzz. And actually, even the polls were completely out because people who kind of just kept their voices quiet because of what other people would say on social media, actually the silent majority came through, which is similar to what happened in the EU elections as well. 
And I think social media has kind of um, heightened it all and made it so it's something we see four, five hours a day, whereas it, where it used to be watching the yeah. six o'clock news and reading the paper, we now see it all the time. Because it's nothing new, is it? You just choose your... You like to choose the newspaper that was on your side of the argument. That was how it always was. But now it's the whole thing's just scaled up. It was scaled up when you chose whether you watch BBC News, ITV News, or Channel Four News, and they're scaled up again, like with all the social media stuff. So it's 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 nothing new. It's not a new problem. It's just the scale is so much bigger, and the scope for people to input fake news and their own slant on everything is just so much greater now, which is really dangerous. I yeah, and like people, companies are now selling all our data off. Um, have you, uh, there's a there's a documentary I can't remember what it's called which is a bit useless really but there's a documentary on Netflix that was all about how companies are buying data of what people search for on the internet so that you can target those certain people with political agendas with certain news agendas in order to kind of manipulate society to get thinking about what those people want it to think so this happened uh, this happened yesterday I don't know if like how but I know someone I know who runs our Swan Bank youth account they've been doing different challenges doing a live at five thing um, and they did the cinnamon challenge as part of their thing yesterday, <laughs> and uh, and then an hour later they shared that on their Facebook adverts they had the Schwartz uh, cinnamon granules <laughs> adverts targeting them. <laughs> it's like Wowzers. ridiculous. Wowzers. Like, to what extent these adverts work? Whether it uses your microphone, whether it's just your search, your text. It like I don't fully understand it, but it's interesting how it works. It's all about algorithms, Tom. Stick that in your vocab. Too complicated for big me. word. Too complicated for us three. <laughs> so we're, we're thinking a little bit about this week. We, we're a week away from the Easter story that we spoke about on last week's episode. Um, so go check that out if you want to know a bit more about the Easter story. But today we're thinking about what kind of happened after that. Um, and we're into the story of this guy called Thomas, who is labelled Doubting Thomas um, in church or popular culture, whatever you want to say. Um, and... We're going to kind of look at his story because it, it ties into what we've been discussing about where we get our information from and what we want to believe and what we don't want to believe. Um, so basically the story of Thomas is that he's kind of away for this week from the other disciples and then he gets told that Jesus is alive, that he's come back from the dead. Um, but he, he says, I'm not going to believe it unless I can actually see that Jesus is alive, that I can actually touch the scars themselves. Um, as Probably a lot of people would if you were told that someone's risen from the dead. You'd probably say, can I actually see it first rather than just believing it at first sight? Um, but it's interesting that he's kind of talked about not in the same light as the other disciples. We label him Doubting Thomas. We think, oh, he didn't believe. He's not as good as the other ones. Chris, you had some thoughts on this about Yeah, I think I think Thomas gets a really rough deal in this. Um, obviously, he's labelled as Doubting Thomas for the rest of his life. Whenever he's mentioned in the Bible from this point on, it's never just Thomas. It's doubting Thomas. Um, so I think he gets a bit of a rough deal. But actually, if you look back in the Bible just a few pages before, the disciples don't believe themselves because it was Mary and some of the other women who followed Jesus were the first ones to go to the tomb and the first ones to realise that the tomb was empty. They go back and tell the disciples. It says in the Bible, the disciples said, we don't believe you. And, it, and it's not until Peter then gets up and runs to the tomb to see for himself peter sees the tomb empty and he, he still doesn't even believe then he still says i wonder what has happened and actually thomas who gets give it tom gets given this label tom thomas gets given this label of actually being doubting but actually all of them were doubting because when the other disciples jesus reveals himself to them 
But Thomas wasn't actually there. Thomas was the only disciple who wasn't in the room when Jesus reveals himself to the disciples. So when the disciples go back to Thomas and say, look, we've seen him, Thomas says exactly what what the disciples said, um, maybe just a day before. Actually, until I see him, I don't believe. I think the the thing that makes a difference with Thomas is that Thomas is out on his own. So Jesus has appeared to the disciples and the rest of the disciples are all together. Um, and, and they believe when they see him. They believe when they see the wounds from the cross. Um, and then Jesus appears to Thomas separately when Thomas is on its own. Um, uh, uh, and there's a bit more detail about the conversation between Jesus and Thomas that leads Thomas to believe. Um, uh, for me, the whole thing is about faith. And um, we've talked a bit already today about the sort of things that we put our faith in, the sort of news outlets and the Twitter um, handles that we put our faith in, for example. Um, and I think sometimes we think that the disciples had a quite an easy ride when it comes to being able to have faith. And in some ways they did. Like it's so much easier to believe in Jesus when you've seen him turn water into wine or raise Lazarus from the dead. Um, but what we what we um, fail to recognize sometimes is that for the disciples, this story was all unfolding before their eyes. And, and each thing they saw was something new to add in and something new for them to get their heads around. And to talk about a guy coming back from death, it's quite a big thing to get your head around. Like we read the story um, as a whole story so we can see the whole Bible, the whole picture of how it all comes together. Whereas for Thomas, um, this was like another thing for him to wrap his head around. Um, and a lot of the time that's that's similar for us. There'll be something that happens in our life, the coronavirus being a really good example, that it takes us a while to get our head around. It takes us a while to move from a place of, or oh, maybe this is about... God not actually being real um, and moving from that place to, oh, actually, I can see how um, even in the midst of all this, God's still good and I can still believe in this God who is love and grace uh, and compassion and kindness and all that stuff. Um, so like, I feel really encouraged by Thomas. Um, firstly, that it's okay to have some doubts as long as we don't stay in that place and we um, seek out like, where God is in the midst of everything. But I think the thing I'm challenged by is um, one of Thomas's problems was he, he was out on his own. Um, so f- for us um, to be making sure that even in this time of isolation, we're still chasing after um, like community and being together. Um, that was the thing that made it really hard for Thomas was that he wasn't with his, his friends and his, with his disciples. Um, so for us at this sort of season of life, to make sure that we're still engaged with our communities of people who are going to encourage us to um, have some more faith and, and see the, the God in the midst of all the... like difficult stuff that's going on i think that's really important yeah i think what you said it was key was thomas recognizes what's gone on and he doesn't stay in that place of doubt i think it's unf- I, I i personally call thomas honest thomas instead of doubting thomas because i think he actually thomas was really honest i think to come out in front of all of your best mates and say look i respect you all but i just don't i just don't i just don't think that's right I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't believe it. For him to come out and say that, he's got, he's been really honest with the people that he cares about about something which was really raw for Thomas. Still, obviously, he's as a, ma- a matter of days ago, he's just seen his mate Jesus being brutally murdered. But actually, he comes out of that place and he and he kneels before Jesus and he says, "Lord, my Lord," and he recognizes him as his Lord. And Jesus actually says. Not blessed of you who have seen, but actually blessed of the people who believe and have not seen. And that's all about what faith is, like I've just said. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's just, it's just such a fair thing for Thomas to say, because whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, we always look for these and want these signs from God. Um, 
I've had, you have so many conversations with people that aren't Christians that say, well, I just need to see it for myself or something to believe. And then even for Christians, they say that um, when they're trying to, they've prayed about something or they want something to happen in their life, they want this big sign to tell them what to do next. Um, and it, it's fair enough to have those doubts when you don't see those massive signs. But the amazing thing, like you said, is that when he goes to Jesus with these doubts, Jesus isn't angry with him. He doesn't shut him down. He doesn't kick him out of the disciples like you're out of the group now. <laughs> Get out, Thomas. <laughs> <And> ghost him. <laughs> he, uh, he actually loves him and talks to him. And like many of us would react in a different way if that was people doubting us. But with it being Jesus, you know, he loves him, and that's what he does with us as well. So I think moving forward from this story of Thomas, honest Thomas. Um, I think it's really important that we really make sure we hold on to the stuff that we know is true. And for us, um, that truth is rooted in our faith, but it's also rooted in our family and our friends. And for people listening in this time that's really difficult, um, make sure that you're rooting yourself in stuff that you know is true as well. Um, and actually, speaking of that, last night, Tom, <laughs> you messaged saying you think you found shirts from Schmidt's character from New Girl <laughs> that you want to buy. Yes. Are you going to get mugged off buying some fake muscle shirts? I don't know. I, I did end up buying them. I, I was looking you at bought them. them. Yes, oh my gosh. Yeah. Why, did, wow. why did you buy them? <laughs> so just bought, no, some, some bloke, right, has just gone to Target in America, that dodgy clothes shop, yeah. bought some checkered muscle shirts, done a bit of a workout, got sweaty in him, <laughs> and you've just bought them. <laughs> <laughs> so just for context, in our, in our first episode, Simon described me as half Anton Dubeck, half Schmidt from New Girl. I've always appreciated Schmidt from New Girl. If you've not watched it, you need to go and watch it now. It's a good series. Um, he dresses very well, I've always said. And I found this so website. the man in the green hoodie. <laughs> okay, Screenbid looks legit. And um, you can go on and they've got all different things from the TV series. All the main stuff's gone, all the expensive stuff. But now it's in the sale. So these shirts right, should have been $250. They were now 15 so, I mean, 15. you can't go wrong playing $15, can you? Regardless of the shirt. And they're good brands as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've got two shirts on the way that were worn in the actual series that I can pause and say, <laughs> that shirt that he's wearing there. <laughs> wow. I've got it on now. That's ridiculous. How long did it take to come over? Uh, well, from, from this America? is the thing, right? And this will make you laugh because <laughs> I put it all in with the shipping and stuff and the, the total came to like, $40, and then with the shipping added on, $120. Oh my gosh. Are you still ordered it? No, well, I messaged my auntie who lives in Boston in the States and said, do you mind if I get the free shipping to your house? <laughs> I thought you were going to say you spent 70 quid on getting these wow. shirts delivered. How many have you bought? Two. Oh. Wow. And, right, Tam wanted something for the house. So, you know, I don't know if you've seen episode, uh, season seven where... An, I'm not going to spoil it, but Ferguson, something happens to him. Bless him. There's a booklet from that episode uh, that's on the way. You bought well. that? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think that's enough. I think we've spoken. <laughs> <laughs> if we reveal anything else that you bought, stupidly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that'll do us for today. As always, go over to Twitter, almighty underscore pod, Facebook slash almighty pod, or you can email us, uh, and we'll speak to you guys next week. Have a good week. See you later. See you. Bye-bye.